Hey y'all, I'm Terrilyn, and this is Real Talk with T. Welcome back to my podcast. So I had recently did a Q&A on my therapist Instagram at Real Talk with T underscore. If you're not following it, you should. I just asked a series of questions and had you guys kind of input any questions that you guys might have had. So things like, what are your questions about relationships? What are your questions about therapy? And it was really awesome because I got so many questions and I think it's really important that I answer all of them. So this might be in two parts because I don't want to bore you with a 30 minute long podcast. So the first question I got was, at what point do I suggest therapy? And so this is a really cool question because I think it really depends. However, um, we have one side of this coin that is saying you should just go to therapy all the time. You know, like everybody could use therapy, you know, kind of like this idea of like maintenance therapy. And although, yes, I think that that's important. I think that you shouldn't stigmatize therapy. I don't think it should be this thing where like all these, you have to have all these things wrong with you to go to therapy. I don't think that you should use therapy as a crutch. So it shouldn't be something that you're just using um, to say like, oh, I'm going to therapy and it helps me because it's a third party and all these things. Like I think that therapy should be beneficial. And what I mean by that is that it should be something where you go, you get filled up and then you're able to use those skills outside of therapy. Um, it's kind of like riding a bike, right? Like a therapist should be the person helping you ride the bike, but eventually like the therapist shouldn't be by your side when you're riding that bike anymore. Um, and so I think, you know, we kind of overdid it when we were like, everybody should do therapy and it's okay if you're always in therapy. And I'm like, yes and no. You know what I mean? I don't think it should be this like, oh my gosh, you know, something must be wrong with you because you're in therapy. But I also don't think it should be this thing where you're just using it as a crutch. So on the other side of that is, you know, when do I suggest it? When do I think that maybe therapy might be a good option? And I had this recent kind of idea that it's kind of that point in which you feel like there's no growth because the people around you aren't challenging you and they aren't helping you heal from the things that you've gone through. So maybe you're going to the same people getting the same result and nothing's really changing. And it's not because you don't have good friends. It's not because they're not listening to you. It's not because they're not giving you advice, but it's just not working anymore. It's kind of become like this uh, broken record. Like you hear the same things, you know that that's the problem, but like something's just not shifting and it's not changing. So you seek outside help, right? And that's pretty much all therapy is, is right? Like I'm seeking someone else outside of this bubble of mine to get the help that I need to develop a skill or to heal from something or to understand something in my life or to um, move forward in um, a place that I was to go to a place that I've never been. And I think that that is truly up to you, right? I do also think that therapy is beneficial for people who have been through very hard things or are struggling with what you feel like are symptoms of a mental illness. So those are two big things, right? Those, or sorry, three big things. First one is I suggest therapy when it's just not working. Your friends aren't working, um, your mom, your parents aren't working, right? You just feel like everything they're saying is the same things and you're just not getting any change or any development. And it's not because, again, they're not good people, but it's because it's just it's the same things you've heard all all your life. And then 
second thing is if something really traumatic happens, right? If you've gone through a very traumatic experience and you don't know how to heal from it, right? A therapist can give you tools. They can make you understand things. They can, they have, we have therapies in place where we can help you heal from the trauma that has happened in your life. And then the third thing is, right, if you're having symptoms of a mental illness or you feel like you've, you know, done all of that self-care that you can think of and you're still feeling like these symptoms are not going away, just like you would if symptoms weren't going away, you'd go to a doctor to try to see what they could prescribe you or um, tell you to help you um, feel better. The last thing is, is, you know, I'm a marriage and family therapist, which means that I work with couples and families. And I think a huge one I would suggest therapy for a couple or a family when there's conflict and it's not being resolved and communication is not being done effectively, right? So maybe you're communicating, but it's not effective, right? It's not working. It's not, you know, you're not getting to an end result. Nothing's changing. You feel like you're in the same cycle and you can't break it. That's when I would suggest therapy for a family or a couple because I tend to see, um, couples come in too late. Um, They're at the point of divorce, right? They are on the brink of divorce and they're like, fix my marriage. And although that seems like a good time to get therapy, it's also become a point where it's extreme, right? Like this therapy has to work or we're done. And one, that puts a lot of pressure on the couple and two, that puts a lot of pressure on the therapist. And it typically ends in this therapy didn't work the therapist is the problem, you are the problem, right? It's more of a blame game instead of being like, you know, we actually should have dealt with this a little sooner. And that's why, you know, premarital therapy is so important because you learn tools, tricks, and things that you wouldn't have gotten if you didn't do that before. So I, you know, I say all that because sometimes family and marital therapy is really just conflict resolution. It's really understanding the person in front of me and how we can develop our relationship to be the healthy and most functioning for us. So I hope that answers a lot of questions about, you know, when as a therapist I would suggest therapy because I think society has told us that, you know, we just need to normalize therapy. We need to uh, destigmatize therapy. And yes, I do believe those things. However, I don't think it should become this thing where we're just doing and it's like there's no effectiveness now. It's just become, you know, it's like going to college now. You know, it's like we just do it to do it to say we did it instead of being like, wow, therapy is actually a very effective tool because I utilized it when blank. Cool. All right. Next question. Where can I find a good therapist or therapists? Um, so there's a lot of ways you can do this. And there's a lot of things that you have to consider when doing this. So first thing you need to consider is what are you looking for? Are you looking for a therapist? Are you looking for a marriage and family therapist? Are you looking for a psychiatrist? Are you looking for a psychologist? You know, it's like, what, what am I dealing with? And then I need to look up what's going to be best for me. Second thing is, do I have insurance? Do I not have insurance? Right. Financial stuff really comes into play when you're finding a mental health professional because it can be very expensive. And we know that, right? We know that it's expensive to find someone who is going to help you with your mental health. And so, or with, you know, your marital or your family problems. You have to take into consideration, okay, does my insurance pay for this or am I going to have to pay out of pocket? And 
the greatest thing about this is that there's so many avenues of this. There's so many different kinds of insurances. There's different kind of companies, nonprofit organizations, right? There's pro bono, there's sliding fee scales, there's clinics and, and things where you can get, you know, a certain amount of sessions for free. So it's really about doing the research. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part about finding a therapist. So I don't like to like categorize good therapists because I think that all therapists are going to be good in their own way. It's about finding the one that works for you. So a huge place where you can, once you've done that research, you can go into is Psychology Today um, has pretty much any therapist you can find in your region. Psychology Today is really cool because you can filter out things. So once you've done that research, you can go in and be like, okay, I need it within 15 miles of my house. I need insurance and this type of insurance. I need um, a therapist who specializes in um, addiction and recovery. And I want to do family therapy, right? So like all of these things now are categorized for you to find what you're looking for. And I'm sure there's other kind of filtering out systems like that. Uh, I've just have found that the Psychology Today does a really good job of advertising their therapists and, you know, psychologists and counselors all very well. So you can find exactly what you're looking for. So yeah, that's a really good place to do it. I also want to kind of touch on the idea that um, not all therapists are going to be great. And that's just that's just truth, right? And so, but I don't want to discourage you by thinking that. So like your expectations should be like when you're going to buy a pair of shoes. Okay, I'm, you know, these shoes are really important to me. However, you know, my mental health is really important to me. However, I need to make sure that I go in and I have expectations for these shoes or this for this therapist. And I'm going to try them on. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to get mad at the therapist, but I'm going to realize that these shoes or this therapist isn't actually going to fit me. And, you know, that's okay. And your therapist should be okay with that. And you should be okay with that. And, and then you move forward and you, and you find an, another one, right? But you can't expect to have your expectations met if you're not willing to go into that therapy office and state your expectations. You know, like one of the first things a therapist does when you walk into their office is, okay, what are you, what are your goals for therapy? What are you looking to achieve in therapy? Um, what are you struggling with now? And what do you hope to overcome? And if you don't know the answers to those questions walking into a therapy office, it's going to be very hard for your therapist to do their job. And a part of that is, you know, finding those things out with your therapist, but you have to have some kind of idea. Like, you know, I'm here because, you know, I've struggled with a really long time being able to fall asleep. Okay, great. Well, it seems like you might have some anxious thoughts. Have you ever struggled with anxiety? Right. And so we can do a, a good job at kind of deciphering through, but I need to, I need to know what, what are you struggling with? Um, and, and how can I help you with that? Right. So your expectations need to be explained to your therapist or your therapist can help you meet those expectations. The next thing is what's the difference between therapy and counseling? Very good question. And um, it's actually very important. So um, I did do a video on my Instagram at Real Talk with T about the difference between mental health professionals. And the thing is, is the underlying thing is what lens do they look at the world and then how do they see change happen? So the difference between counseling and therapy is really just how they go about it, 
right? What is it that they're working from? What kind of theory, what kind of model are they um, looking at your situation and how they see change being able to occur in that situation? So as a therapist, like, you know, I think any title you hold, you kind of think it's the best, right? But I don't like to think that like I'm the best. I just like to think that like for you, you need to find out like, okay, is a marriage and family therapist going to work for me because of the way that they look at the world? And you're not going to really know until you walk into the office, sit down, have expectations and try to see if they're met. And I know it's a big gamble and I, and I don't like to think that like we're gambling on our mental health, but it's just like finding a good doctor, right? You need to find something that's going to fit for you. It's going to work for you. So like, yes, there's a difference because of the way that they approach your situation, but that doesn't mean anyone's less or better, right? Um, There is definitely educational requirements for each level, you know, so counseling, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, right? We all have social workers, We all have different requirements for education. So even looking that up, like, okay, I want someone who has been in this field or has had this much experience before they ever see me. Okay, well, great. Then look up who has had to have the most experience before working with a client. So it's just, it's really asking yourself those questions. Like, do I want someone with more education? Do I want, you know, this level of whatever? And again, more education, less education doesn't make a good or a bad therapist. So it's really about what you need. And I think that's even the first step to therapy is finding out, you know, how do I do that? How do I find out what I need? So yeah, advocate for yourself and advocate for yourself in therapy as well as before. Last two questions are, who is therapy for? And are there different types of therapy? And Therapy, again, I think I kind of did a really good job at explaining, like, at what point do I suggest therapy? Um, Therapy is for anybody. Therapy is for someone who is hurting, someone who is struggling, someone who doesn't understand something about themselves and wants to understand it, someone who has gone through something and can't seem to heal from it, someone who's struggling with mental health symptoms and knows that they need more than just their best friend to talk to. Therapy is for people who are struggling with conflict and don't know how to overcome it. And even like, I think therapy for couples is really cool to just understand your partner a little bit better. Like, how can I understand my partner so I can love them the best way that I know how? And so therapy is for anybody who is willing to work on change, growth, and development of self and relationship. That's how I see it. Are there different types of therapy? Yes, 100%. There are different types of therapy. And the cool thing about therapy is that they are there are different types. So that's why, you know, it's really important to ask your therapist. Like, this is totally okay to be like, um, what kind of therapy do you do? Um, how do you see that being beneficial to me and my struggles? And just ask. Like, your therapist should know. And if they don't, then they're not going to, they're not, you know, maybe they're not for you. Your therapist should definitely definitely know I work from this um, model of therapy or I see change this way or I understand mental illness like this and you should be able to be like, okay, great, that works for me because this is what I'm struggling with and this is how my therapist sees that. Um, and then you can move forward in that. So yes, there's absolutely different types of therapy and knowing what works for you, you won't know until you try. So 
I do think that there's levels of therapy that, sorry, not levels, but different types of therapy that are effective on certain things. And that's why it's really cool too, because not all therapists work from one lens. You know, a lot of therapists work from different types of lenses depending on the unique client sitting in front of them. So that's really cool to hear too. Like if you sit in front of a therapist and you're like, what model or what therapy do you use? And they're like, you know, I honestly use these three predominantly or I use this one predominantly. However, I really evaluate the person sitting in front of me and try to adapt my way of doing therapy to them because I know that they're unique. That's a really powerful statement because then you know that you're getting really individualized care. I think that's it. Um, The next two podcasts will probably be more about, honestly, more about therapy and more about relationships and what you can get out of therapy. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all of your support and just you guys listening to this and learning more about therapy so that way you can learn how to heal, develop, and grow in your own lives by utilizing therapy. Yeah, so stay tuned for part two or part three of this Q&A. This has been Real Talk with T. Talk to you guys next time.